Well, well, Lakers fans, I'd certainly ask you how you're feeling about free agency now that we are 24 hours deep, but uh, I think I've got a read for the room at this point. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back with you, Ethan, here on a solo ride today. And we are here to talk about what everyone is talking about, the Lakers in free agency. The only person who has killed it harder than Rob Palenka is Elon Musk and whatever he's doing to Twitter, because Rob Palenka has come out and completely done it again. It's hard to even imagine, right? If we really roll it back after Lakers win the title in the bubble, and then for some reason decide to pull apart the team, and then for some reason decide to pursue Russell Westbrook, it's like a spell was cast over him and and since that point in time and really you know since Rob Palinka turned himself back into Dumbledore and put this team back together just ahead of the trade deadline or and then at the trade deadline last season now he's come out and what appears to be doing it again gone are names like Troy Brown to Minnesota Wenyan Gabriel yet to sign somewhere Dennis Schroeder in Toronto Lonnie Walker Malik Beasley Mobamba all looking for new teams, very unlikely to be back with the Lakers. In fact, I would say virtually impossible at this point. The Lakers have 13 players in agreement. I don't want to say under contract because we all know how that stupidity works, but the Lakers are in agreement or have and or have 13 players under contract with the work they've done in free agency. Again, if you're just getting to the list, in order, Torian Prince, one year, $4.5 million, the biannual exception. Gabe Vincent, which nobody, and I mean nobody saw coming. Three years, $33 million. Lakers basically using the mid-level exception to bring Gabe Vincent into the fold. That's your Dennis Schroeder replacement. Cam Reddish, who feels like he's tied to Lakers every season since he's come into the NBA in some sort of cockamamie trade rumor. Finally, on the vet men. Looking to rebuild his value. Two years, player option on the second year. Vet men, you're never going to hear a complaint about a deal like that. Rui Hachimura, who was not just important, but I would say essential in the Lakers playoff run. And the work that he has done with Phil Handy has just been nothing short of super impressive. Very excited to see what they continue to do together. Three years, 51 million, fully guaranteed for Rui Hachimura. 51 is my favorite number. Just a quick fun side note. Jackson Hayes, a.k.a. Sideshow Bob, a.k.a. another guy who's looking to reclaim his value, joins the Lakers to give them some much-needed size, two years, probably on a vet minimum as well, maybe a little more, maybe they give him a little bit of money that they have left over from the MLE since Gabe Vincent didn't quite use it all. We'll see how that shakes out, but it's going to be at or near the vet minimum for Jackson Hayes. D'Angelo Russell, welcome back, two years, $37 million player option on year two for D'Angelo Russell. Same scenario for him. Although it ended poorly, it did not go poorly all the way around. This gives him another opportunity to rebuild his value potentially. And then of course, most notably we got on Saturday, the one that seemingly all of Laker Nation was waiting for, Austin Reeves. The Lakers did not have to go out and spend $100 million. The Lakers did not have to go out and spend $80 million. The Lakers did not even have to go out and spend $60 million. The Lakers and Austin Reeves know that they got a good thing with one another four years 56 million dollars with the lakers giving him basically everything that they can legally advanced salaries trade kicker this that the other player option in year four austin reeves four years 56 million dollars and the lakers still have at least one more roster spot that they
they can use on another big man because right now, Jackson Hayes and Anthony Davis is pretty much the whole, all the size you got on that team. So you know you're going to have to go after another big man. In my dream world, it's Christian Wood. But wow, what a way to start free agency for Lakers fans. What a way to just embrace a new era of Lakers basketball. And just what a way for LeBron James and Anthony Davis to again have the opportunity to immediately compete for an NBA title. There are teams that on paper, of course, are better than the Lakers. There are teams, of course, that in reality are going to be better than Lakers to start the season because they simply have greater continuity. But you love to see how quickly Rob Palinka is putting together a roster that just seems to make sense, right? And that was a big theme of last year's offseason. Nothing seemed to really make sense. Yeah, we sat here and defended it. Yeah, we sat here and tried to dig into the psychology. But at the end of the day, nothing really made sense. Now, all of this makes a lot more sense, and we're about to get into each one of these signings on an individualized basis. Torian Prince, one year, four and a half million. The Lakers choosing to use their biannual exception to sign Prince instead of part of the MLE, which wound up being a really significant thing in signing Gabe Vincent, because although the Lakers hard capped themselves in using the biannual exception, I know a lot of cap minutia here, we're not going to get too into that. But although the Lakers hard capped themselves, Torian Prince fills a hole on this team that just feels like it has been missing for some period of time. Not just from a 3 and D perspective, but just from a general toughness perspective. And I think Torian Prince is one of those guys, whether he gets 5 shots or 15 shots, is always going to find himself in the right place. He's going to find himself with a ton of open looks on this team. You'll love over the last two years that he's nearly 38% from downtown. You absolutely love that, especially because, like I said earlier, Lonnie Walker, Malik Beasley, even somebody like Troy Brown, although he was kind of cold to end the season, those guys were the ones who really hit the threes uh, for the Lakers last year, Torian Prince comes in. He should play a lot of minutes for this team really right away. And, and I think that the value is just perfect. I mean, really, I was expecting Torian Prince before we got the contract. I'm just sitting here thinking, okay, maybe two years, 15, 16 million dollars, something like that, right? I mean, in a league where Mo Wagner gets two years and 16 million from the Orlando Magic, in a league where the Orlando Magic give Joe Angles two years and 22 million dollars, in a, in a league where, you know, Fred Van Vliet gets three years and 143 million, I know these things are not linear comparisons. But again, Torian Prince for four and a half million dollars. I mean, just a shade above the vet minimum at that point in the biannual exception. We love to see that for the Lakers. Gabe Vincent, I, I just, what a, first of all, what, what a journey, right? What a journey for Gabe Vincent in terms of being able to come from undrafted to where he is today. Not unlike Austin Reeves, right? Same sort of situation. Guys who just really prove that they got the balls to play at this level. I mean, they just are dogs. It's the all backcourt between Austin Reeves and Gabe Vincent. I mean, I'm really looking forward to seeing those two guys play together and, and seeing how the minutes shake out in that backcourt because now you've got all a few different candidates who all can carry capable and different roles. Gabe Vincent, you look at the season statistics for Miami, it's nothing that jumps off the page and you're going, oh man, I can't wait to watch this guy. But man, if you watched even a handful of games in Miami's playoff runs, uh, playoff run, excuse me, that culminated in a finals trip, you know that Gabe Vincent was just, he was essential for that Miami team. Now you always, I always, I don't want to say worry, but I always sort of wonder sometimes when, when you have 
a player who grew up in a system, who grew up, you know, very strong player development, came up through the ranks, a lot of continuity, and then changes locales. I, I don't worry, but I, I wonder. But I think Gabe Vincent can transcend beyond that. I think Gabe Vincent is going to be very comfortable with the Lakers. He's from Los Angeles. He's, he's, he's coming home, so to speak. Three years, $33 million for him is just life-changing money. I mean, it's life-changing money for, for anyone who doesn't sign $80, $100 million contracts every three or four years. But it's just, it's a fantastic story. And, you know, basically what the Lakers chose is Gabe Vincent at 3-33 and 33 instead of Dennis Schroeder at 2-26. and 26. And I think, you know, Dennis Schroeder and the Lakers, yeah, there are times where you, where you like it. There are times where you go, ugh. And it's one of those classic, you know, ex-girlfriend type of scenarios where, you know, you, you get together, you break up. You get together, you break up. And it's like, are we really going to keep doing this again? In fact, reminds me of me and my most recent ex-girlfriend. So, you know, and that's over just like the Lakers and Dennis Schroeder. So I think now the Lakers forward forward with a backcourt of Gabe Vincent and D'Angelo Russell, two point guards who also gives the team two very different looks as well, in addition to the ball handling, Austin Reeves, LeBron James, Anthony Davis, even a guy like Rui Hachimura can do at times. So looking forward to see what Gabe Vincent brings to the mix. But again, just that element of toughness like that from both Torian Prince and Gabe Vincent. Cam Reddish, all right? Cam Reddish, people think of Cam Reddish as this guy who's going to be a superstar in the NBA, and it just never really happened. You know, he just, I don't want to say it was just hit on him, product of opportunity, product of player development, product of systems he's been been a part of. He's been a part of some trades. And so, you know, it just, it hasn't really come together for Cam Reddish. You know, he's, he's kind of a bizarro Kevin Knox in the sense that like Kevin Knox is sort of in the land of obscurity while Cam Reddish still has some, some relevancy. And in this case, I think if Cam Reddish can't do it here, you know, then then you really start to wonder because like Torian Prince, he's going to be in a very good scenario. For the Lakers, you get him on the vet minimum, a guy who's a former lottery pick. By the way, Torian Prince, Cam Reddish, uh, uh, and, and Rui Hachimura, uh, Jackson Hayes, all these guys, former lottery picks. Clearly, the Lakers have, you know, a certain target. And Rob Palenka looks at, you know, player development in particular. Phil Handy, I know we and Laker Nation are familiar with his name and what he brings to the table, but I think this is a guy you're going to start to hear more and more of as these as these players come to Lakers and the Lakers seem to extract a little bit more out of them than they might have in some other teams and scenarios to be determined kind of what the role is going to be for Cam Reddish I think right because we don't exactly know you know is he going to suddenly be able to find his three-point shot again because if he does then he could play a lot larger of a role but right now you know he's in a reserve role maybe 15 to 20 minutes if we're talking really really early projections but you know there's a possibility for him to play more or less so you know we'll see it but I I like that as a depth piece I I would take Cam Reddish over Troy Brown do you take Cam Reddish over Lonnie Walker Uh, that's a tougher sell for me I'd take Lonnie Walker but I'd take Cam Reddish over over Beasley as well over Malik Beasley so two out of three that's okay with me Rui Hachimura I mean I can't say enough about the guy I alluded to it before I'll say it again playoff savior for these Lakers and what he was able to accomplish with his player development and the Lakers really just giving him a chance to be himself believing in him fully allowing him to be his most authentic on a basketball court on a basketball court and as a human being and the power in that sort of you know freedom is just highly highly liberating especially for a guy who came into league with expectations and was never going to hit them in his current situation and could you imagine if Rui was still in Washington amid that amidst that dumpster fire you know Kyle Kuzma only signed the contract because he saw 100 million dollars and he's him and he even said it in his tweet he goes hey man things are tough right now but stick with us and we hope to turn it around yeah buddy it's a lot hard it's a lot easier to believe that when you get in 25 million and spend instead of spending 100 dollars to watch and support your team so you know Rui Hachimura gonna have a large role in this Lakers team 
should be a starter at this point, but we'll see how it goes. Again, three years, 51 million, no options for Rui. It's a tradable contract if for some reason things go south. These, all these deals, all these short-term deals, they're all movable. They're all easily movable. All these short-term deals come off the books right away. It gives the Lakers an opportunity to reset in the post-LeBron era. Remember when LeBron was going to retire, by the way? Funny jokes, all, all that stuff. Now he's out here on Instagram paying tribute to the work Rob Palinka and he, he have done together in free agency. Then you bring in Jackson Hayes, okay? Now, I, I said before, Christian Wood, that would be my piece de resistance to the Lakers free agency. If Rob Palinka can figure out a way to bring in Christian Wood on the vet men, I, I, don't, I don't see it happening. I don't see it happening for a number of reasons, but I don't see it happening in a market where, you know, and I'm not calling Christian Wood, Brooke Lopez or anything close, but if Brooke Lopez is going to get $24, 25000000 million a year, I don't think Christian Wood is going to get $2 million a year, $2.5 million a year. We'll see because he's certainly got a lot to prove. And when Dallas clearly doesn't want you, despite being short on talent, you know, that that does say a lot. There have been questions about Christian Wood's professionalism in the past. There have been questions about his readiness, questions about his work ethic, attitude, all these things that have sort of prevented him from being the quote unquote superstar that he was meant to be. If you remember, the Rockets gave him some money and it didn't go well there. So, you know, there does come with some risk, but that's the thing about having a locker room like this. You could bring in a guy like that and he can really, you know, sort of find his way accordingly. But in the interim, the Lakers at least have Jackson Hayes, a rim-running big man who I don't think a lot of people know, not last season because he absolutely sucked from the three-point line last season. Make no mistake about it, okay? He absolutely sucked. But the two years before that, Jackson Hayes was actually a pretty capable shooter, albeit in about 70 attempts or so, but he was a pretty capable shooter from behind the three-point line. In fact, he registered about 36 37%. So again, if Phil Handy can get him shooting from behind the three-point line, you can put him in pick-and-roll situations. You can put him in the corner. You could put him on a rim, on a rim run. I mean, there are a lot of things that, and the athleticism, the Lakers have also gotten more athletic in free agency, which I like for this team as well. And I think this is something that is especially important as LeBron ages and you want to not have AD have to bust it every single night on both ends of the court, because it was clear as good as he was defensively in the playoffs and goddamn AD was brilliant. It definitely did impact his offense, especially down the stretch when he just didn't have anything left. Now, as if all that wasn't good enough and despite Twitter not being down but being restricted because Elon Musk thinks we all read too many tweets as if that's bad news for the platform he played 44 billion dollars for I don't understand how someone with so much money can be so stupid sometimes but that is a tangent we are not going to go on we got the news via the Woj alert and if you don't have Woj alerts on during free agency oh honey what is you doing okay but via the Woj alert, D'Angelo Russell back to the Lakers. Two years, $37 million, as mentioned. Player option on the second year. I don't know if D'Angelo Russell will ever sign a long-term contract for the rest of his career. He might sign two-year deals, three-year deals, one-year deals in order to boost his value. This is a player who, for the Lakers, I mean, again, three-point help, point guard help, not a, an athlete in any sense of the word, never has been, never will be. But because of what the Lakers have done around D'Angelo Russell now, it makes it a little bit easier to quote-unquote hide him on defense in certain situations and be able to give him better exploitable matchups on offense. And that should be a benefit for him. And you know that he's happy to be back with the Lakers. Started his career with Kobe. Now he's watching LeBron play his final days with the Lakers. I mean, D'Angelo Russell played with Steph Curry. I mean, he's for, for a guy who has been a little bit of a nomad, D'Angelo Russell played with Karate Towns. He's been blessed in terms of what he's been able to experience 
And, you know, getting paid $40 million to play for Lakers ain't bad either. And then you got Austin Reeves. I mean, salute to you, Austin. I, I just, no one can speak enough about what this man means to this franchise. Now, two, three years ago, nobody knew who this guy was. Just no one knew what was going to happen. But after, you know, and again, the only comparison between Alex Caruso and Austin Reeves, the only comparison is that they both played for the Lakers and that they're both white. There is nothing similar about their games. There's nothing similar about their styles. And there's nothing really similar even about their personalities. But let's just compare it because that's what we're here. That's what we're going to do. Because when the Alex Caruso situation happened, everybody said, how could Alex Caruso leave? Da, 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 never again. Here we are, Austin Reeves. The Lakers were never going to let this guy leave. Okay. No matter what was going to happen, teams were hesitant to tie up their cap space because they knew the Lakers would just sit on their hands and then eventually match it anyway. Good look for both parties getting this done quickly. Secure in the bag, Austin Reeves, literal generational wealth as he continues to invest in himself on and off the court and in his lines of businesses, whatever they may be. And in terms of the Lakers business, you have a lot of former lottery picks. You have some dogs. You have some stars. You, your real need right now is size. You absolutely need some more size on this roster. You got Palinka looking like Dumbledore, like we said out here. And you really have an opportunity for these Lakers to take the next step forward. You know Rob Palinka likes to keep that 15 roster spot flexible because you know you never know what can happen during the season so i'd be shocked if the lakers use them all but at least one more big man should be the final signing and we gotta hope it's christian wood now as the lakers have done their business the league has absolutely exploded around them i'm gonna tell you a little bit about some of my favorite moves some of my not so favorite moves and what to take away from here Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Now that we've discussed the Lakers, and my goodness, have we discussed the Lakers? I mean, really, it's been an A job from Rob Palenka. Right? The rest of the NBA has been on fire. I mean, it's, it's every year. The offseason is my season, right? Like, this is just, I love it. I love it. I can't, like, I love basketball. I love playing it. I love watching it. I think these guys are incredibly talented. The athleticism, the dynamicism, the dynamicism, that is a hard word to say. When someone is super dynamic, you guys know what I'm trying to say. Wow, that is hard to say. I love everything about it. The on-court action, the camaraderie, the coaching, the mentorship, the accountability. I do not like the rest days. That you can miss me with. But the off-season is my shit. And I love it. I absolutely love it. But this league is going berserk. Let me tell you something. I said yesterday to myself. I said, what are the Blazers doing? When we got news of that Jeremy Grant contract, that five-year, $160 million Jeremy Grant contract, I said, what are the Blazers doing? 
You knew Damian Lillard was leaving. I don't care if he hasn't given you a trade request yet. And guess what? That's what happened today. You think Jeremy Grant is going to keep him there? You think paying Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons a combined 57 million freaking dollars is what's going to keep Damian Lillard in Portland and competing? You think drafting Scoot is going to be what he's been waiting for? No. When he's sitting there on Instagram Live playing Welcome to Miami saying, no, my heart's still in Portland. Nah, come on, man. And this is not an evisceration of Dane. In fact, I think the Blazers' statement from Joe Cronin is laughable about how they're going to send Damian Lillard to wherever it makes the most sense for the Blazers. Our goal is to win. Yada, yada, yada. You know what? You're right. He's under contract. He doesn't have a no trade. You're right. You can do whatever you want. But Damian Lillard has given himself his heart, his soul, and all of his spirit to this franchise. And his franchise has not rewarded him in a way that is proper in terms of its desire to compete in recent seasons. Ergo, when you have one of the all-time greats of your franchise, and that is what Damian Lillard is, make no mistake. When you have one of the all-time greats saying, please, it's time for us to to divorce and move on. I would appreciate a trade. Here is my preferred list. And you come out and say, well, we'll trade you wherever the hell makes sense for us. Players notice that stuff matters. And it's not a good look for the Blazers. That said, I don't think he's coming to the Clippers. Clippers just re-signed Russell Westbrook. Supposedly in on James Harden. Don't think that's happening. It's two, one of two places. It's Miami. And it's Brooklyn. That's where Dame wants to go. Miami, Brooklyn. Probably Miami. But there's also Philadelphia. There's also Philadelphia. I don't think it's going to happen. But that is certainly an intriguing situation. And the most intriguing, the real dark horse, we just kind of heard it slipped in in one of these reports. Don't count out the San Antonio Spurs. Imagine Lillard with Wemby. Woo! That'd be fun. That'd be fun. We like that. Speaking of those Sixers, James Harden, now with his third trade request in what feels like the last three weeks. Guy who says, I want to leave my impact on the game. I want to be the most influential player. Yeah, well, you're certainly influencing something. And not just how much money people spend at a strip club or how many wings I can eat a wing stop. And not just how many times can you be mistaken for Rick Ross. But instead, James Harden is influencing his legacy. And that's what's on the line here with his latest trade request. Says, I can't do it in Philadelphia anymore. I need to go somewhere else. I need to go somewhere else. The Clippers being mentioned as basically his preferred destination. He's going to try to force his way there. And framed in such a way where it's Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and James Harden all together. And I guess with Russell Westbrook now too. Terrence Mann and or Norman Powell and or Marcus Morris and or some picks. Enough for you. In a James Harden deal. I think Philadelphia should send James Harden to the moon, personally. I could not care less about watching this man play basketball. I could not care less about where he wants to play because half the time he doesn't play, even when he's on the court. You ever see him play defense? I've seen Matadors give more efforts to having Bulls chase them around. So, and their job is to not have that happen, by the way. I said Jeremy Grant contract was terrible then. It's especially terrible now with Damian Lillard having this trade request. But the Mavericks, what are you doing? Mark Cuban, I, I love Mark Cuban. I think he does a lot of good things. This was not one of them. Trading for Kyrie Irving was not one of them outright. 
extending Kyrie Irving in a bidding war against yourself, I really don't understand. Three years, $126 million, so after everything Kyrie Irving did last season, on and especially off the court, this man gets a raise, he gets guaranteed multiple-year contract, and the third year you give him a player option? Please show me where that contract was in free agency for Kyrie Irving. And if you tell me the Rockets could have given it to him because that's what they give to Fred Van Vliet, I would have let him. I would have said, go ahead, bye-bye. His numbers were fine, but your team got worse. I am not convinced that the Luka Kyrie Irving pairing is some sort of magic. But I guess we shall see. I thought that was an egregious contract. And then these rookie max extensions. LaMelo Ball being the most recent, Tyrese Halliburton being the first. And how about Desmond Bain? Desmond Bain, five years, $200 million from the Memphis Grizzlies. Very interesting decision. I will say at least he's a 40% plus shooter from three every single season. But Desmond Bain at $40 million plus a year is not how I would build my team. And going back to the Rockets, Fred Van Vliet, okay, you had to give somebody the bag three years and $130 million to go there. The first max contract of free agency, I get it. Fred Van Vliet goes from undrafted to making half a million dollars every single game. You got that, right? I understand you had to throw the bag at somebody, but then, but then, what have you done since? You have spent $100 plus million on Dylan Brooks and Jock Landau? You already have Alperin Singoon? You already have Jalen Green? I know Jalen Green and Dylan Brooks aren't the same kind of player. Dylan Brooks, people thought he was going to be lucky to get the vet minimum. You just gave him 20 mil a year for four years? And you think that tra- contract's going to be tradable at some point? Maybe he just puts up numbers on a bad team. But I just, I, that, some those particular deals are head-scratching, right? It, it makes it, like, the Jackson Hayes to the Lakers are basically the vet men or Mo Wagner at two years and 16 million. I mean, these are the kinds of things you got to think about. Some GMs are playing chess, others are playing checkers. Some might be playing Stratego, Stratego. I don't know what they're doing. I really don't. But a lot of new implications under the CBA. I think you're going to see more high money deals, shorter years, hopefully. These CBAs are only written for teams to be protected against themselves. It's never about the players, make no mistake. It's only so teams can't outbid themselves or overbid themselves. And the Phoenix Suns, I'd be remiss if I did not mention, of course, they have not been major players in free agency, having just acquired Bradley Beal in a trade. But the things they have done on, on, on a budget with, with, or on a budget with nothing, that minimum contracts, Keita Bates Jop, underratedly one of the best multi-positional defenders in the NBA. Uh, Watanabe, Utah. I know I said that backwards. I think he shot something like 50% from one of the corners last year in the three. Very sneaky signing, bringing back Josh Okogie. I mean, these are the types of players who make sense around Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, Cameron Payne. I'm by no means am I all the way convinced that the Suns are going to be some sort of super team even with these three. But with what they've got to work with, they've done a decent job. That said, no team, literally no team, has done a better job in free agency so far than Lakers. It has been extraordinarily fun to watch. And we can only sit here and hope that when the Lakers do take the court, it's as fun as the offseason went. We'll be back with you soon. But until next time, enjoy the offseason and enjoy the free agent frenzy. It's going to be a good season ahead. We out.